Welcome to the Who and What She Wants podcast. I'm your host, Chloe Ward, and each week I will be interviewing an inspirational female entrepreneur so that you can take away actionable tools and insights to enable you to build the business of your dreams. Whether you're first starting out building your own business, or if you have entrepreneurial dreams that you don't know how to make a reality, then this podcast is for you. Now let's get into the episode. Today, I'm super excited to welcome the fantastic Sally to the show. This incredible female entrepreneur dedicated over 500 hours to training to become a yoga instructor and has since launched her own successful yoga business, Sally Shala Yoga. Today, we're going to deep dive into Sally's entrepreneurial experience and she is going to share with us how her background has helped to define the businesswoman she is today. For anyone wanting to work within the world of fitness and yoga, Sally's story will help to inspire you to chase your dreams and follow your passions. Welcome to the show, sorry, welcome to the show, (laughs) Sally. I'm so pleased to have you here today. Thank you so much, Chloe. It's wonderful to be here, virtually. (laughs) Yes, yes. Oh, thank you for joining me. Sorry I messed up the end of the paragraph there. I thought I was doing so well as well. (laughs) No, mate, it's all good. It's all good. It's real, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true, actually. At least they can tell now that it's definitely real and it's not overly produced or edited. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought I would kick us off today. I thought it would be great if you could just give us some background into how Sally Shally Yoga was founded and what experience got you to where you are today. Yeah, sure. Um, well, I started training in yoga about 10 years ago and um, I did it more as a way to kind of understand my body and yoga and kind of dive into that world a little bit deeper. But I didn't know if I wanted to be a teacher just yet, just because I was about to go to drama school to be an actor. And I still am an actor. It's still something that I do as well. And it's definitely helped me in this next step in my journey of becoming a yoga teacher. Um, kind of in in the same vein that you it's a lot about the people you know it's a lot about um, promoting yourself and also kind of with with you know you're using your voice as well to communicate everything that you need to and it's the same in both jobs so I feel like the acting work and the acting experience and the business and marketing side of acting is definitely helping me in this new journey with Sally Shala Yoga. Um, And with Sally Shala Yoga, I I wasn't really too sure about using my own name of Sally Paffet. I wasn't too sure because that's more of like my acting thing. Um, And Sally in Sanskrit, which is kind of what um, they use in in a lot of yoga pose names. Um, Sal is a tree. And I was thinking maybe I could do like, Sal, like a treehouse, Sharla is is his house. And then I was like, oh God, but then if people try and search my name, they can't find Sally. So then I was like, no, I need to use <laughs> Sally um, so that people can actually find me. Um, and at the time, lockdown and stuff hadn't really happened. So the name Sally Sharla Yoga means Sally's house yoga, um, which now means a lot because I just basically teach from my home online but at the time when I made it it wasn't intentionally 
made to be like it's at Sally's house welcome to the <laughs> um that kind oh, of I love that. the journey behind that and yeah I don't know it's just kind of stuck really and then I made some through lockdown I made some merchandise some little t-shirts that a lot of my regulars bought and they still wear them um to practice and stuff which is really sweet <laughs> Oh, that's so cool. So was it just before lockdown that you decided to kind of make the yoga, like really make a go of it as such and start making it into a business? Because you obviously started training 10 years ago, which is quite a while ago. What was kind of going on in the gap in between when you started training to now and just when you launched Sally's Shally Yoga? Um, Well, I was I was mostly working as an actor and then on the side was doing some um, sort of jobs on the floor or on the bar or events and stuff to kind of make ends meet. Um, And it was kind of definitely juggling a lot. I was working basically a full-time job as well as auditioning and just burning myself out really. And it got to a couple of years ago and I just thought, you know, you kind of have that dilemma when you get a bit older, you have a lot of pressure of people around you being like, what are you doing with your life? And um, the sort of choices you make, you have a lot of people around you assessing that. And um, that pressure does build up and it makes you question a lot of things that you want to do. And I eventually came to this thing that I still want to be an actor. I just don't want to work in service anymore. I was just getting really tired of the late nights of kind of that Um, service culture and yoga was something that I was still doing I was still practicing and um, my next part of the journey after deciding that I didn't want to work in service anymore was to actually get my advanced qualification to be able to build up the confidence to start teaching professionally Um, and so I was saving money for that through acting and through um, working on the floor and events. And eventually I got a quite a big acting job last year, which allowed me to pay for my advanced training a little bit sooner than I had thought, which was awesome. And got my advanced qualification, learned so much, got my body back into shape and into a mindset where I was super focused on being able to build this business. And then uh, Corona happened and then I came back from India and about, I think, five days after I landed, I launched Sally Shala Yoga. It was like, it's very quick turnover. It was just like, right, well, we're in lockdown. I need to earn money. I don't know if I fully feel confident and ready, but I didn't really have a choice. And I was like, right, let's go. So bought my Zoom um, account that I pay for like once a month. And I was like, right, I don't even know if I'm going to be able to pay for that Zoom. But I got so many people and friends and family and lots of support and donations because I was just doing donation based as I started. And it's kind of built up from there, really. That is so incredible. Did you, um, so while you were out training and things, or maybe in the past you've met someone, but do you have any mentors or anyone at all? Yes, definitely. Um, mostly teachers um, that have been teaching for kind of over 10 years. One of them is a really good friend of mine called called Molly. And um, she teaches mostly kind of 
vinyasa, Shiva Mukti, which is also a style as well as she's just started doing some yin. And she's an incredibly um, motivating person to be around. She's got me in so many doors and is someone that I can totally rely on to give me the right advice and to be there when I need them. And she's like, she's running her own workshops at least twice a year. She has like endless classes throughout the week and she's just brilliant. She's just a light to be around. Like I can't, I can't thank her. That's incredible. Yeah. I know it's got, I know something that comes up quite a lot actually um, with previous episodes that I've done and previous women that I've spoken to on the podcast and just kind of like the importance of having a mentor and having someone perhaps within the industry that you're working within just to be able to bounce ideas off and to kind of allow them to guide you when you need it um, especially when you're starting out because like you say it's so daunting isn't it when you're starting a business yeah it's so daunting and also I feel like um there are a lot of teachers that I've spoken to that actually over this period of being online, it's actually quite lonely as well. You know, especially when you're first starting your business, um, you try and surround yourself with people that give you at least a little bit of feedback and everything at the moment seems to be online. Um, and obviously you don't get that sort of, um, the same feeling as when you're looking at someone in the eye in person and you can get that body feedback or like how they feel about you. You know, you don't, you're not getting that as much. And I think going back to having a mentor, also another person who has been so helpful to me is this, uh, a friend of mine called Jen, who, who started teaching a little bit before I did. And she teaches so often. She teaches at least once a day. And she offers so many wonderful classes to people, but she's kind of always been like a step head of the game. And she runs her own um, food truck business for festivals. She also has meal kits that she sends out over lockdown as well as doing all of this yoga stuff. So I really look up to her as well as being someone that I can contact. And she has so much time for me and for many other people, I'm sure. Yeah, that's incredible. It's so good to have a support network like that around you, especially when you're starting out. And as much as we try to obviously know as much as we can before going into business, we still do all have questions. Once we've launched, things always kind of crop up, as I'm sure you're aware as well, Mm -hmm. um, that can sometimes be quite sort of stressful. Have you always wanted to be an entrepreneur? Um, I don't know. It's funny when I saw... um that this kind of podcast was about that. I've never really thought of myself as that until you asked me to be on this podcast. I know that sounds quite silly considering that I do a tax return every year and I am self-employed, but I I don't know. I've just never really thought of myself as an entrepreneur, but I don't know. I guess I am like I have my own business and I guess I've always been focused and driven to be my own boss. It's like, that's what, I do, but I just don't think about it like that because the things that I have decided to do, even to this moment of things that I love and that I'm super, super passionate about. And I don't, although it is a job, I don't think about it too much as a job as something that like, I want to just keep improving on and keep learning in. Mm. Does that make- yeah, that's so great. No, I think that's amazing. I think what you said as well about 
the fact that you've almost followed your passions I feel like that's something that if you are going to go into business I think it's something that's so important and I know it's something that's kind of repeatedly come up on the podcast and all the women that I've spoke to are so passionate about their different industries and I can definitely tell that you've got so much passion for yoga which is incredible um and I think it's what makes your business so strong Mm. it is funny I feel like there is I don't know why I'm not sure if it's a is something to do with being a woman but I feel like a lot of female entrepreneurs don't I don't identify themselves as female entrepreneurs which is really interesting mm. um do you have many women sort of in your family or your close friend group that are entrepreneurs or is it something that you've kind of done that's a bit different from perhaps your friends and family um I think it is I am quite different in terms of that side of things like I've always been very driven um like even I I was listening to to your little bit of the podcast um about you saying that you were selling rocks and stuff and (laughs) and I used I used to do stuff like that though like I remember I'm sure you did it as well, like trade stickers and things and like try and, you know, do little deals in the playground where you, you get more than what you're given. <laughs> and so <laughs> I think I've always been that sort of person to kind of try and find different ways of getting um, merit or reward or, you know, even money, I suppose. Like we used to, we used to wash people's cars and like knock on people's doors and sell lemonade and, I don't know. I, I've always had like a passion to do that sort of stuff. Um, but in terms of my family and my friends, I guess my friends are just other actors and other yoga teachers. So yes, I do have friends that are entrepreneurs. I guess we just don't really talk about it like that. And it's interesting to, for you to say that, um, that maybe as we're females, we don't really think about it like that. And maybe that's true. Maybe that's something that we need to discuss more about is the business side of things, because sometimes, you, you know, you can't ride a whole job and make money totally off passion. You do need to have that business and marketing side to you as well to be able to make something work and have that longevity. Um, so maybe it's something that after after this is is going to be something that I might talk about a little bit more actually so thank you oh no that's great um in terms of just to follow on for something you said there so in terms of the marketing side of your business is some is that something that you'd had past experience with or is it something that you kind of had to learn on the job when you were launching your business um I've had a bit of experience with it with my theatre company Triptych Theatre we um we produce our own shows and I and there's only three of us in it and usually one or two or three of us are acting in it as well or directing and we kind of mix that around and through that a lot of the marketing side of things fell on my shoulders so it was a lot of having to learn on the job in terms of that side of things and I've always been drawn to things like logos drawn to things that you know represent a business I've I've always been interested in that it's like something that I comment on quite a lot when I see things where I'm like oh that looks really good or those colors look really good together or this is how we're gonna build this you know that makes me really excited so I think including all of that all of that marketing side of things in terms of acting and pushing yourself forward and um, then relating it back to yoga and doing the same thing um, has been really helpful. So I feel like I've learned a lot of that in the last 10 years. And now this is building up to something where I can feel confident about 
doing it rather than learning it you know yeah no definitely it's great that you've been able to pick up so much experience in sort of the other avenues that you've worked on in the past what do you find are your best marketing techniques for your yoga business what's been working really well for you especially obviously because you have launched the business in the year of covid as such where everything has been so targeted online yeah it's I mean it's mostly been friends and friends of friends of recommendations um a lot of online content a lot of people um sort of contacting me that have been recommended to my class from someone else it's a lot of that that's why I've got majority of my clients and and regulars and people that come to me every week um But my latest kind of win, which I'm super happy about, is that my friend Molly, who I was talking to you about, introduced me to um, this guy called Will, who runs Level 6 in Peckham. And after kind of a couple of meetings with him and going to the studio, he offered me a spot which means I get a little welcome class it's a free welcome class that I'm doing tomorrow that I think you're coming to and I'm super excited um, I am indeed <laughs> um, so that was supposed to be in person and it was kind of booked to be an in-person class so I could meet a lot of the people in the studio but unfortunately that's not really possible so I'm kind of doing it online and in a way I'm kind of happy because I get lots of people like yourself and people that say wouldn't be able to make it in London that can come online and do the class so I'm excited so that's kind of my latest endeavor which will will definitely uh, lift me into like a different marketing dimension or business dimension because it gives me a bit of credit you know yeah no definitely that's so amazing congratulations as well that's such a great win that's really really amazing um I think as well what's really interesting what you've said it seems like your main sort of marketing tools that have been working so far for you are sort of word of mouth and networking which is actually super interesting because I think so many people now feel like all of their marketing efforts need to be focused around digital. So kind of your social medias, your email marketing, things like that. But from the last few episodes that I've recorded of the podcast, interestingly, a lot of the people I've been speaking to have been having better wins with more traditional forms of marketing, like yourself, like word of mouth, referrals and things like that. And I know another lady that I was speaking to the other day had some really great results from actually a press article that went out about her and it's super interesting to hear how much success people like yourself are having with more traditional forms of marketing I think it will really inspire people to actually look into those kind of avenues a bit more seriously rather than just trying to focus so much on your social media and things like that yeah and you know I do I do focus a little bit on my social media but I don't have a lot of experience in it and I would like to learn more like I I am I do watch a lot of videos but also I don't want to spend all of my time on it because I like spending time practicing I like spending time um kind of meeting new people and and writing to them directly and or having someone recommend someone and me spend a little bit of time with them say five minutes before a class and be able to kind of you know let them feel comfortable online and then eventually I I feel like that builds more of a relationship with someone rather than than sending a lot of online content which for me hasn't worked so well I'm not too sure why it just hasn't but I've found um like 
like I said before, just so many, I, I feel like people listen to people's recommendations more nowadays because there is so much online content. So if you say to someone, oh, I went to this really amazing yoga class, you should try them out. It's more likely than you seeing a photo of someone in a pose and them being like, oh, well, I'll never be able to do that. You know, like I feel there's a lot of um, a misconception about the yoga world of, of people posting these things on Instagram and it making making it look so hard when actually that's not what the majority of a class is about. So I feel like people are just listening to other people more, especially in a time when we're just constantly online and, and so much stuff is happening. So. Yeah, that's so true. I think what well, you've literally hit the nail on the head there. I think it's so difficult now because the online world is so oversaturated. It can be really difficult to stand out. And also, I think as a brand and as a business, it's just about getting your messaging right. Like, for example, what you were saying about those really difficult poses and to be completely honest with you sometimes my news feed I follow quite a few different yoga instructors and um I find sometimes I see them doing all this these incredible poses and don't get me wrong I'm super jealous they can do it but because I can't do it sometimes I find it difficult to relate to that type of content mm. so I think it's really interesting what you said about that actually and I think that actually having a more relatable referral such as a friend that's already attended your class or something similar that has so much more merit and strength to it. Mm, I agree. I totally agree. I just think also I'm seeing a lot of amazing yoga teachers at the moment stripping back their page and actually, um, you know, re um, relating some sort of things about themselves that you might not have known. And it's becoming a lot more real. And I would just, I would encourage other teachers to do the same. And I'm kind of built, I'm building up the strength to be able to do that um, in some of my posts as well. I, I find it quite difficult, some of the stuff online to not reveal too much. I think it's partly because of, um, partly because of stuff that's happened in acting, you know, you don't really give away too much, but I feel like in yoga and that sort of online page, that sort of Instagram that you need to open up a little bit so people can actually understand you and you become more real and you become relatable and you become someone that you want to learn from. Mm, that's such a good point. I think interestingly as well, I don't know if you've noticed the same, but I've particularly noticed it this year on my Instagram. I think I've noticed as well that people are being a lot more, giving you a lot more kind of like behind the scenes access to their life and to their business. And I wonder if it's due to with COVID where, for example, we've been having to have like Zoom meetings, perhaps sat in our bedroom or something. It's almost like pulled back the curtain of what our real lives are like with, with work and kind of in terms of our business. So it's kind of interesting to see that playing out as well on social media. And I think it'll be interesting once, you know, the world's kind of moved on from COVID in the future, how the brand messaging is going to continue to develop. Will people continue to be quite so open or will businesses start to perhaps go back to that more traditional sense of being slightly out of reach? Mm. Um be something quite interesting to see how that develops over time I think um just to kind of switch up the conversation a little bit I know that you spent 200 hours training in Kosamui and 300 hours in Goa which is incredible by the way um what advice do you have for someone who is wanting to train to become a yoga instructor um I think this also depends on where you live so I think um obviously if you have the drive to be able 
and the money to be able to do these things, definitely do it. They're so good. And they are the ones that I've done are more intensive. You can do yoga courses that are over a period of two years or one year. Um, I just did the shorter ones just because I was limited on time. But if I had the resources and I had the time, I would definitely do the longer course just because you start to integrate the information into your body and into your mind a lot better. You know, everything will get better over time. And sometimes when it's condensed into a month, you're overloaded with information and some of it sticks, some of it doesn't. And it also depends what mindset you're going into that, um, that teacher training with. Um, definitely do your research. Um, make sure that you have a good balance of teachers in terms of um, kind of Indian philosophers or Indian teachers, as well as kind of having maybe, you know, the more westernized teachers as well. So make sure you have a balance of philosophy and history and a balance of asana so you're more um pose-based practice um what else i don't know i think there's a lot of uh teacher trainings in london happening at the moment which i'm finding as i'm trying to get into um studios is that a lot of studios offer these teacher trainings and so it's quite difficult to get in unless you've done them. So maybe find a yoga studio that you really like. And um, if you're in London, that is. And maybe sign up to their teacher training. I think they do it usually over a period of six months or sometimes they do an intensive. And that will mean that you'll be able to have a tie with a, a studio straight away, which is awesome. I didn't know about that before. I kind of wish I did. Um, so that's something to bear in mind to kind of look around London first before you move away to a different country, which is also awesome because the, the weather is great and the food is amazing and the teachers are incredible. Um, but it is tough, you know, you do spend the first couple of weeks getting used to the temperature and the food and then you start to become very sore <laughs> because you're doing a lot of yoga and it is tough. It's a lot of information, but you come back so much stronger mentally and physically. And even if you don't want to be a yoga teacher, you learn so much about your body, your meditation, breath work that, I mean, I can't live without now. I bet that was such a great experience. Was um, the ones that you attended, were they recommended to you at all? Or did you literally just kind of stumble across them through doing your research online? Um, the first one was through research. I didn't know any yoga teachers because um, I was living in Portsmouth at the time with my mum. And I was supposed to be going to uni, but I didn't get the grades that I needed. So instead, I took a year off and really dedicated myself to auditioning uh, for drama schools again. and you know auditioning for adverts and theatre shows and also I wanted to do a bit of traveling and within that traveling um, I decided that I wanted to do this yoga teacher training to kind of have a little bit of discipline you know in the year that I had out and it was I still think about it every day like it's it was incredible and I met some awesome people that I'm still in touch with my teacher at the time was like a 78 year old old dude who trained with this guy called Patapi Patapi Joy who's like one of the 
founding father's sons and like he was an old guy but you wouldn't have thought if he was 78 he was he's still alive today I, I literally saw a picture of him on Facebook just before we started and he's just awesome he's just someone that took me under his wing and I was super young at the time and everyone else was like 10 years older than me and I really learned loads about my body like lots of things that I've been doing incorrectly lots of things that I could build on and most importantly developing this meditation practice was it scary when you first went out there to train um not really I think it I don't know. I just, I, I grew up in Singapore. So um, not to say that Thailand is like Singapore, but just that's that side of the world, like Thailand, Singapore, Malaysia, I just feel really at home at, like we used to go on holiday, holiday in, in Bangkok or different, different islands around that area. And I just, it, it feels like a second home. I feel very comfortable there. So it kind of felt like, being there was fine but then when we started working it was very rigorous and it was like almost military like like we were getting up at five and actually when we were there the, they had a massive power cut in Koh Samui so we were having cold showers for two weeks and like no air conditioning which when you're there it's it's unbelievably hot and when you're doing three to four to five hours of yoga a day um it's pretty pretty tough <laughs> wow I can imagine that is it sounds like so such a great experience though honestly with you saying this I'm wishing I was there now it just sounds so incredible um, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> no I was just gonna say have, before you went had you ever done anything as intensive as kind of like five hours of yoga a day because I can imagine that must be a lot on your body uh yeah I mean I think from gymnastics, I was a gymnast when I was younger. And I think from that sort of training, nothing really seemed hard because I, I when I was younger, I was doing like 18 to 20 hours of training a day, uh, not a day, obviously, a week, um, even when I was at school. So um, I think I've always been used to really pushing my body and myself mentally and physically so being there and also being quite young you know you recover a little bit quicker it is tough you know the early mornings are really tough and like the new lifestyle changes the total change in diet is really tough on the body and I remember actually when I was there I had my um I had my period like four times in the same month because like my body was just going, what the hell are you doing? Um, and I, I just like, you know, your whole, you, you realize how, my, how much things are connected. And when you're so young, you're like, what is happening to me? You start to realize that things um, need a little bit of a change and things need a little bit of work. And I feel like I definitely came out of that being a bit more grounded, even at 18, I think, but I was... Um, I think I needed a bit that sort of like regimented practice. I needed that to to take me into that next step of going into drama school and that next step in life. And it definitely, definitely helped me. I'd recommend it to anyone. I think everyone should do a 200 hour. How long actually is 200 hours? Like what's that broken down to in terms of weeks or months? Or So we did about four weeks in March 
And then I think we had Sundays off and a half day on Saturday. And then within your practice of you doing Monday to Saturday, you also have reading hours. You also have exams that you're preparing for. And it sounds very serious, but like you're, you won't fail the exam. It's just something that you do at the end. So they, so you kind of learn it because um, you've basically paid for your qualification and your time. So they can't really fail you unless you do so badly or you don't do the exam. But most of it's practical. So most of it's like time in hours in terms of learning the different poses, the philosophy of yoga and um, your meditation practice as well. That's so great. I think that's really, um, thanks so much for sharing all the information as well about the courses because I can imagine if anyone's listening that would like to get started on a course, it is quite a daunting thing to be able to find one. So I think all your insight will be super helpful to anyone that is wanting to embark on a journey into yoga. Um, so thank you for sharing that. Slight change of tack now, but what have been your biggest challenges so far on your journey as an entrepreneur? Biggest, what was the question again? Biggest uh, biggest challenges challenges biggest challenges have probably been not connecting with people in person um in terms of the, the yoga side of things um I I really miss that interaction with students and people in front of me so I can see bodies it's really hard to correct people and it's hard to uh, adjust when you're just seeing people on a camera angle that you're not quite sure where it's placed. Um, it's also so nice after a class to kind of have a little chat with people that have just been to your class, you know, get a feel for how they felt the class went, like some sort of feedback. That's been really difficult. And obviously as well, in terms of being self-employed, you just don't know how many people are coming to the class. So you don't know how much money week to week you're really getting. That is also a challenge as well. Um, but I've been quite lucky with getting some jobs from friends, which has allowed me to not worry about that so much. But it obviously is a worry sometimes as well with you know other people losing their jobs in this current climate and people not being able to um, mentally get into the space where they can do yoga as well it's been quite challenging to make people keep coming back. Um, but I'm super happy with the people that are, I've seen so much improvement with some of the people that come to my classes that it makes it all worth it in the end. So. Yeah, I can imagine. I can imagine that would be, a, that would be really challenging, challenging thing actually to overcome. Is there anything that you've been able to do, like in terms of technology with Zoom or anything that's allowed you to kind of lessen the stress of that situation? Or is it just something that unfortunately is what it is? Um, in terms of what, sorry, the... Oh, sorry. Um, being able to kind of be able to correct people and things within their poses and stuff like that. Right, yeah. So sometimes... Um... Sometimes I'll get, so if I see someone doing something where I'm like, oh no, I just, I don't, I don't think that that's going to be very good for your body if you keep doing it like that. I sometimes correct people in the class depending on what sort of class it is. So I'll get a feel for the other people in the class. If I don't feel comfortable kind of calling that person out, I will email them and ask them to come 
five minutes earlier before their next session and we go through some bits or some ways to work on um, the aspect that I feel like they're struggling with. But also recently I started doing private classes as well online where it's easier to kind of just say, can you move your camera or to this angle and to this angle so I can see you from different sides. So it is like some people that want to take it to the next step for themselves and their own body, there is private classes and I'm, I mean, they're not too much. So if anyone listening does want a private, I offer them. <laughs> a bit no, that's pivot. really great. <laughs> no, that's all right. You're more than welcome. I think that's such a great pivot, though, that you've started introducing private sessions, especially when I can imagine it is really difficult. In a normal class setting, you can kind of go up to someone and delicately tell them that they need to make amendments. But to call someone out on Zoom, I can imagine that can be quite kind of invasive to the person that you're saying it to. So. Um, and just obviously to not embarrass them and stuff I like that you also sent emails I think that's such a nice personal touch yeah I I just I feel like it depends on the person as well and sometimes some of these people have been coming for like like three or four months now so I know them quite well even if I don't know them personally I've kind of got to know them through their practice and through their emails and stuff so um you just kind of get a feel for a person and my mum comes on Saturdays and I definitely shout at her I'm like mum come on just like move that <laughs> because you know even if I email her she's just not going to listen to it it's something that she needs to do physically to be able to get it into her body and into her her psyche you know like to actually tell someone that so it, de- it kind of depends on who it is and who's there and and the rest of the class and the also you can pick up an energy of a class, even though you're not in there, like not seeing them physically. You can see people looking at you. You can see the way that you're reacting and how people are reacting back to you. And although you're not feeling it in the room, there is that sort of sense there where you know how a class is gone-ish. And sometimes people send amazing emails after classes and you just, that does give you a little pat on the back where you go, okay, I do feel like I'm doing a good job and I feel like I am helping someone. And that's kind of all I'm trying to do, really. Mm. No, that's amazing. I think it's, I can imagine you calling your mama actually in the middle of the class. That's so funny. I bet she's like, Sally, stop it. She's like shaking her head and going red. like, no. Oh, bless her. Um, As an entrepreneur, I believe it's really important to look after your mindset. Do you have any tips at all for how you keep yourself feeling positive, motivated and productive? That's literally my job. (laughs) Yes. And it is also your job. So I can imagine you're an absolute expert at it. Um, I definitely think um, you need to have a sense of routine. Uh, I think that's really important for me anyway, that works of making sure that you are doing the things you need to every day and not setting too many massive boundaries for yourself. Like don't make these things too big. Otherwise sometimes they don't become achievable and then you get yourself into a state where you feel like you haven't done enough. And I feel like through my acting work and now through the yoga because it's all off off your own back isn't it I'm sure that you know this as well like everything that you do like even if you don't do anything it's still on your business it's on your shoulders do you put in as much effort as you want to come back to you 
So sometimes if you set these boundaries for yourself every day, not boundaries, sorry, if you set these targets for yourself and if you complete them and you do more, you've done an amazing job that day. So I think mentally that puts you in a state where you feel like you've achieved something. And if you do that every day and if you build on that, then eventually you'll get to a stage where you will feel happy and you'll feel settled and you'll feel on a place where actually you, you, know, you, you don't need to worry so much about things. Also, I would really recommend a lot of breathing exercises. I feel like especially now people are really focusing on stuff that they haven't before and, and working on your breath and doing a regular breath practice every day or at least every other day is really going to help. Um, I'm actually starting to write down and launch a little, like a 10 minute breath practice a day, which I'll be releasing on Instagram. Um, just so people can do just 10 minutes a day to kind of settle themselves, work into a space where, you know, they feel comfortable and that will, that will really affect your mind and the steps that you take next, you know, people don't breathe properly. And I think that it's super, super important to, to regulate that and to make a change and make a difference. Mm, I love that. That's so great. I'm going to keep my eye out for when you release those, the breathing work techniques, because I know it's something I really need to work on as well. So I'll definitely be keeping my eyes peeled for that one. But there was some absolute pearls of wisdom there. I was taking notes. So <laughs> thank you so much for sharing all those. I think they'll be super inspiring to everyone listening. Um, what does a typical working day look like for you? At the moment, um, I wake up and do my own meditation because that's part of my routine. That's part of my health. That's part of my mental state to kind of make sure that I'm in a space or, or just evaluate what space I'm in in the morning. So then you know what you're like for the rest of the day. And that kind of goes on from that last question. Um, and then usually I might have a class in the morning that I'm teaching online. Um, after that, I kind of do research on the next couple of classes or even do a someone else's class. I really find inspiration in doing other people's classes and write down sort of um, sequences that I found interesting or certain asanas uh, or poses, which I liked, which I want to build on. Um, and usually my next class that I do will be influenced by the class I've just done from someone else. So through that, through other people, I'm just learning so much. And then usually might do a little bit of acting work. So looking at the moment, I'm recording a voice reel. So uh, just finding material for that and editing all of that myself to then be able to try and get other jobs working in voice work. Um, at the moment, it's a lot of kind of a lot of my own stuff, a lot of research, a lot of um movement-based things and writing a lot of things down and building content. Usually if it wasn't in lockdown, I'd be working part-time in a restaurant as well. So that it makes it a little bit more difficult to juggle everything. But at the moment I have a lot of time to really get things right and a lot of time to make sure that I'm sending out the right sort of content and building this business into something a little bit bigger into more than online. 
be able to get into studios is the next kind of big thing, which I've done for one, but now it's kind of getting into others and building up my reputation in London, which is always quite difficult because there's a lot of yoga teachers, <laughs> but we'll get there. Mm, so exciting though. Do you find it difficult kind of switching between your hats as a yoga instructor as an actor when you're waitressing and things do you find it quite difficult switching between them all um not really I've kind of I've, I've done always done a lot of jobs and a lot of different things and I quite enjoy that because excuse me it means that I meet a lot of different people and it means that I meet different people in different circles and that for me is exciting like I love doing that um wait like waitressing and working on the floor and the bar and that sort of stuff I don't need to think about that it's not it's like mentally it's not draining because I've done it for so long and I know it so well and it's such an easy way for me to be able to get money not to say that the job isn't hard the job is really really hard and I um congratulate people that do it as a full-time job all the time until they retire because it is one of the hardest jobs ever you're constantly um in front of people relying on other people it's busy it's late it's hot so um not to not to kind of put that sort of job down it's just not the 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 job that I want but it for me it's it's a good way to get money um and it's a, and it keeps me active. It keeps me on my feet, which I like. Um, mm. Switching through the acting and the yoga, I just don't really. I just find I've just done the acting so long that it's just second nature. It's just something that I get an audition every now and then from my agent, or I send out some emails, or I do some writing. It's just some. It's just like that's my life, you know. Like it's my big love. I I absolutely adore it. Um, and I'm lucky, I feel lucky when I, when the work comes up, um, I wish I could do it more. And with yoga, it's just, again, it's something that I do every day. It's like, it's, it's so enjoyable. And I love learning about different ways to build muscle in the body, about different spaces I can open in my mind and the amazing things that I've discovered through breath and and regulating my breath and being able to control my breath in very stressful situations which has just been invaluable information and which the reason I did this journey to become a yoga teacher is to be able to share it because I think more people um, need to learn it to be able to live with more joy in their life because that's the aim isn't it just to be more happy and be joyful about every day oh I love that it's so true I think that's something that's really come out of this year as well isn't it like people just wanting to find ways to be more happy and more joyful in their everyday life whereas I think before we were all running such a rat race that we didn't even have time to work on that element of our lives like we just kind of ignored it so it's so great this year that we've all been given the gift of a bit more time where we can actually start to focus a little bit more on what makes us happy and what brings us joy and what we're passionate about yeah totally I I, I love the go ahead oh sorry (laughs) no I was just gonna say I love that you've managed to find so many things that you're passionate about in your life as well I think that makes for like a really enriched life and it sounds like 
you're definitely sort of pursuing things that you really love. Mm. I think I have been very lucky, though. I feel very privileged to be in that position. I, I think there are so many people that haven't really had that opportunity, I have amazingly supportive and loving parents. Um, and I've been offered a lot of opportunities that say a lot of people haven't. And I feel so lucky for it to be in a position where I can follow these things that I really enjoy. Um, and I think that when you get to this, this point of like feeling st- like stable and, and, and be able to pursue these passions and interests that you take each moment and you don't miss it. Like, someone said this on a podcast about acting where they were doing so well in their acting jobs and but they kept going what's next what's next what's next and I think when you take a step back and you find yourself in a position where you're happy and you're doing something that you enjoy that you don't miss it that it's something that you are so lucky to be in this position to do that and you can't take it for granted because um it's just it's awesome like and and it, at any moment you don't know you know like even with covid and lockdown some people have had that stripped away as well so now like we really need to empower each other help each other and also enjoy the situation that we're in ourselves especially if we're one of the lucky ones that will be able to keep our jobs and are able to um you know build up these businesses we need to make sure that we're we're kind of relying on each other and and letting each other know that we're here for support and here to help yeah you know help each other basically Mm. oh that really made me smile that was so lovely that was such a lovely message um and couldn't agree more so so true um so I know you kind of mentioned about wanting to get into more studios but where do you see your business in five years time? What are your goals for the future? Um, I would like to have full-time work in teaching. So not working it on in restaurants anymore. That would be awesome. And that was kind of a big aim for me when I first started um, doing this 300 hour back in March. That was a big reason, a big push for me to start um, to start teaching professionally. Um, I would also like to maybe start doing my own workshops as well, but I feel like I I would only like to be in that position when I feel like I can offer something that no one else can offer. You know, I I need to build up. At the moment, I'm still quite young and still learning from a lot of different people. And eventually after five years, say, I would really like to start doing my own workshops and kind of, um, in different places, different countries, um, different abilities and meeting other people all around the world. That would be awesome. In terms of acting and stuff, I still want to be doing it. I don't see myself giving it up anytime soon. Um, I will not retrain, (laughs) Um, even though I did train in yoga at the right time. But it's like, it's an add-on, you know, like it's another thing. It's another string to my bow. It's something else that I do. Um, And it's it's just building all of that into something that's really successful. That's the aim. 
that sounds incredible you've got some really great goals and I've no doubt that you will smash all of them I can I can see it happening I think you'll be doing amazing and incredible things over the next five years so it'll be interesting to see and we can all follow along with your journey and see all these things come into life I think it'll be amazing um I thought we'd finish this interview with a question I ask all of my guests so firstly what advice would you give to all the incredible women out there who have entrepreneurial dreams of their own but are too afraid to get started and then secondly what does being a female entrepreneur mean to you um the advice that I would give is just if you have something that you really, really love and that you want to do, it will be worth it. If you stay in something that you're unhappy with and you continue that cycle of unhappiness in that job or in that situation, wherever you are, it's not going to get any better. So if you have a dream and a passion that will lift you out of that unhappy state, just go for it. Do If it's yoga, do a couple of workshops, see if that works for you. If it's something, um, you know, in terms of fashion, then maybe start like a little online blog, do something on Instagram, do things that start to point you in the direction of maybe changing your life a little bit because it will be worth it. It's hard work. I'm not going to say that it's not, it's hard work, but eventually you will be happier and that is the point that that's where you want to be and then the second question um what was it (laughs) Uh, that's all right I probably should have separated them actually that was a lot in one go (laughs) um secondly what does being a female entrepreneur mean to you um well I I need to think about it more because I just like, I I still don't really think of myself as that, but I need to, because that's how business works. I'm kind of talking to myself here, but you know, I think it, I think I think of myself as someone who is driven, someone who lives off their own back in terms of being able to, you know, give someone a service and then, then be able to, pay you for it whether it be like in a in a exchange of uh, skill or exchange of money and I think it's just make sure that you're happy with the choices that you're doing that you also make sure that you honor yourself and you honor your ability to be able to exchange it for money so I think that it's sometimes in yoga there's like the money is a really horrible word and people like to get away with not paying for it but you are giving a service you know you are providing people um with something that's going to make them feel better and people pay for massages people pay for um I mean, so many things. So you're still doing the same thing with yoga and you're still doing the same thing with what you're doing in your job. It's your chosen job and you do need to live too. So make sure that you respect yourself and respect how much you're worth. I think that's super, super important and something that I definitely had to learn along the way. But I would do that from the get-go. Make sure you know how much you're worth and how much you respect yourself. Wow, what a great way to finish off the interview. Um, Thank you so much, Sally, for taking the time to chat with me today. I really appreciate it. And I think that your insight is going to be so helpful to our listeners. 
Um, you can follow Sally's journey over on Instagram and the handle is sally.shala.yoga. I will be linking it as well in the show notes um, and I'll also be linking your website as well. But thank you so much, Sally. I really, really, really appreciate it. Thanks, mate. It's lovely chatting. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode and want to keep up to date with the latest Who and What She Wants podcast episodes, then please follow our Instagram page, which is at the handle at Who and What She Wants podcast, or hit the subscribe button now. We hope to see you again soon.